How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Bucks, presented by Brewhoop.com. The season has arrived. Frank Madden here with Eric Name, bringing you our first regular season recap of the year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're brought to you tonight by BetDSI.com, new sponsor. Thanks to them. They've been in the business for over 20 years, and they have a great NBA special right now. Sign up today and get a $10 uh, bonus to try their service for free. Uh, they've also got a 100% bonus on your first deposit. And, of course... We have a bonus offer for you. Use the promo code BUCKS10 when you sign up. We'll, we'll put in a link in the show notes as well. So thanks to them. Uh, Eric, the Milwaukee Bucks are losers of their regular season opener, 107.96 to the Charlotte Hornets. We recorded our – well, it wasn't preview. It was another podcast this, this afternoon with Jonathan Sharks of The Ringer. We'll have that out probably on Friday. Uh, and after that, we were kind of discussing, did we think the Bucks could win? I think I said there was a 40% chance the Bucks would win. You were less bullish. What did you see tonight, and was it what you expected, or what do you think? Um, it just seemed like a tough matchup for the Bucks. Uh, the Hornets last year really gave them a lot of trouble with how many threes they shot. And re- really tonight, they got off 23 threes, but only hit 30% of it. So it wasn't necessarily there that they killed them, though there was a lot of times where it just seemed like just killer threes from Marvin Williams. Uh, he would just hit one that would just completely take any hope out of uh, the Bucks uh, it, coming back at any point tonight. Uh, so I thought the threes would give them problems. Um, and also, I respect the hell out of Steve Clifford. Um, it's as simple as that. He's, I think he's a great coach. And uh, defensively, they they really did some nice things, made the Bucks uh, struggle, and they have a great matchup for Giannis. Uh, Nick Batum was great on Giannis tonight, pressuring him really the entire entire length of the floor, denying him outlets, and really just making the other guys on the Bucks initiate offense. Which I think we both don't think is the worst thing for the Bucks. That Giannis doesn't necessarily have to bring the ball up, but I do think it took the Bucks out of rhythm a little bit in this one. Um, so it was the defense and the the three-point shooting of the Hornets that I saw, and, of course, Steve Clifford. And, yeah, it turned out pretty similar to what I was thinking. Yeah, and amazingly, as as much as Nick Batum pressured and made Giannis's life difficult just in terms of getting the ball, um, Giannis all done grown up. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Giannis, 31 points, 13 to 21 shooting, uh, hit a three tonight, nine rebounds, five assists, Woo! block, a steal, <laughs> one turnover. Um, an impressive night because, as you said, not just Batum, but, I mean, they have Michael K. Gilchrist, who kind of was the the ultimate opportunist, I thought, tonight, played really well yeah. for them offensively. Um, you know, he, he obviously is a guy that, that can cause – 
opponent's problems. I mean, he wasn't just, it's not like he was just like locking down Jabari all night, but, um, you know, certainly Jabari having a very quiet night, um, not, uh, I would say that's not entirely coincidental given, uh, given some of the personnel and the, the defense he was facing. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's get into it a little bit. Um, I think, you know, certainly the three point shooting as much as the, the Hornets were not good. Uh, the bucks were far worse three of 16 from three. Um, I had to laugh. Della Vadova hit a couple of foot-on-the-line two-pointers, it looked like, and um, I guess that's just like the, the Milwaukee rubbing off on him or something <laughs> like that because uh, even when he's making jump shots, he's uh, he's now not hitting them from, from slightly behind the line. Um, but I, let's kind of focus on the positive. Um, I thought it was interesting, you know, when, when I was watching the game, I, I was at the game with my dad, and, um, you know, at halftime I was kind of saying, you know, that the Hornets are kind of a tough matchup because uh, they're a team that obviously they're very good defensively. They limit their own turnovers. They're a team that, you know, are, are not going to hemorrhage easy buckets in transition and, and give you lots of free points like some teams might. Um, and they can blitz you from three-point range, as we discussed in the preview. Um but, you know, honestly, uh, the turnovers, I mean, the Bucks actually had fewer turnovers than the Hornets tonight, uh, 10 to 8. Um, you know, offensively, I'd say that's a positive for the Bucks, even though obviously they didn't score very effectively overall. Um, they also outscored Charlotte 16 to 4 in transition, uh, which certainly, you know, any night you're going to you're going to take that that number. Um, and I think especially as the game we're on, they use that to kind of get back into the game a little bit. But, uh, you know, they dug themselves a, a big hole and I think especially without uh, the ability to just knock down threes and, and make runs um, you know probably not surprising that you know if this Bucks team gets down big especially to a good team that it's just gonna be really hard to come back but um, let's start with Giannis I mean you know you mentioned Batum kind of was I think a really good test for him a really good bar for him and um, you know he took two Giannis size leaps over it at the end of the day um, any other thoughts on sort of how Giannis was used? You mentioned, uh, you know, he wasn't necessarily bringing the ball up. That, that seemed to be a proactive thing that Jason Kidd talked about. Um, didn't do that as much. Wasn't maybe as much point Giannis um, for a large part of the game. But but what did you see? Yeah, I, I think for the most part, it seemed like the Bucks didn't necessarily care about Giannis bringing it up. I, I know a couple times in the first half, it was him kind of backing the ball down the floor, kind of like Gary Payton used to do um, as he got a little bit older and even in his younger days a little bit. And it was a good way for him to protect the ball, but ultimately it wasn't really helping the Bucks. Having Giannis dribble the ball up, pressured, backing it down the floor, doesn't really help them get into their offense or really create anything. So the Bucks kind of just said, all right, that's fine. Take away Giannis. We'll move the ball up the floor another way. And in uh, and, and the post game, Chasing Kidd said pretty much the exact same thing. And when you asked Giannis about it, he said, no, it's fine. Like we have plenty of ball handlers and that just means I find other ways to be effective. And I would have to go through all of it, but I'm going to say, I think he had what, 13 baskets on the night. I'm going to say at least five of those were assisted, maybe more. Um, I would I would feel comfortable saying around sixty or around fifty percent of his baskets were probably assisted. Uh, so it, it was interesting to see that even though they put so much pressure on him, essentially didn't allow the Bucks to run their offense through him. He found ways to be successful, and it, uh, it's tough to argue with a thirty-one point night with thirteen of twenty-one shooting. And it just seemed like no matter what he would somehow get a backdoor cut because uh, Batum was pressuring and not allowing him to go to the ball. So he just said, all right, fine, back cut, gets lost, dunk. 
or there was a loose ball on the ground and somehow Giannis picked it up, or there was a rebound getting tipped around and eventually somehow Giannis found his way to the basket. And I, I, I got to say it was unbelievably encouraging that on a night where I thought he was defended well, he goes for 31-9-5. and five. That, that to me is a sign that just about every night Giannis is going to be fine. And there's going to be cold shooting nights and there's going to be nights where he doesn't finish quite as well at the rim. But if he can do that against Batum, Marvin Williams, and Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and they can switch those guys and really make life difficult on a wing player, and obviously you can see that in Javari Parker's night, he didn't struggle at all. He was completely fine. Now, where there could be a problem is some of the guys that live or make their living off of Giannis. For example, Miles Plumley struggled mightily tonight and is because the Bucks weren't really running a lot of pick and roll with Giannis because he wasn't the one bringing the ball up the floor, he wasn't the one initiating, he was kind of working off people and that has an effect on a guy like Miles Plumley because well, Miles Plumley kind of operates well when the pick and roll is going. So, I think that's why you saw in the second half a lot of the times it would be Giannis and Monroe, and Giannis would find Monroe, and Monroe would be cutting behind Giannis. And then Monroe, as we've we've said many times before, he prefers to get a catch and be able to put it on the ground. And he did that in both the third and fourth quarter, found success that way. And that's not that's not a skill Miles Plumley has. And I don't think any of us have any illusions that he does have that skill. Um, but it, it was interesting to see that, all right, if teams are going to deny Giannis and keep him from bringing the ball up the floor – maybe that's going to have a, a negative impact in Miles Plumlee. Maybe that's not super surprising, but it was startling to see how invisible Miles Plumlee was in just his eight minutes tonight. And it was startling to see some of the lines at BetDSI.com. Do you love basketball? Are you ready to get into the action? Check out BetDSI.com. Over 20 years in the business, they're a top-rated business. It's safe. I play there, and Again, I was checking out the lines during it. I think the the over-under for the game between the two was 190. So if you were smart enough to take that in the Hornets-Bucks game, uh, you could win some there. And BetDSI has a great basketball special. Sign up today and get $10 free to try their service. BetDSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. Great customer service. Fast and easy payment of winnings and hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. And that is so serious because you just go to their site, you check it out, and there are more bets than you could ever imagine on the site. I know I was checking some of those out uh, for the Bucks game tonight, and you got over-unders, you, you have obviously the line for the game. Uh, there's just a ton of stuff you can bet. And one of the cool things is that they do live in-game wagering. Uh, on football, basketball, and other major sporting events. So tonight, if after watching the first half you thought, all right, maybe I have a good feeling about the over-under for the second half, maybe I have a, have a better feeling about what this game is about, those lines update, those lines are created as the game is going on. So you can keep betting as the game goes forward. And you can play virtually everything at BetDSI. Go to BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Go there now and use our promo code BUCKS. That's B-U-C-K-S-10. Get your free wager and start winning today. Now let's get back to the discussion. Frank, what do you got? 
Yeah, it was an interesting night. Uh, you know, as far as the centers go, obviously Monroe was really the only one that you know kind of put up numbers: fourteen and ten, three assists, uh, two blocks, uh, which you know was encouraging to see. He was a plus two, Plumlee minus ten in eight minutes, uh, and and really just you know looked like the guy we saw in the first couple of preseason games just sort of didn't look like he was able to find any room to to make plays. You know, as far as far as you know alley oops or, or just getting putbacks, garbage baskets, uh, you know, in, in in the restricted area. Um, you know, interestingly, John Henson gets some run basically uh, came in for when you would have expected Plumlee to get a second look in both halves. Uh, and Henson was he was OK, uh, four points, four rebounds, 10 minutes, um, you know, but but certainly a night where uh, I don't think any of the Bucks uh, questions about their center rotation <laughs> were answered tonight, although all, all three of them did get did get on the court. I thought it was interesting. The you know we mentioned Delvadova probably looked more point guardy than than he has in most of the preseason, and um, maybe more than you'd expect. We'll see how that changes. Uh, you know, from game to game, if if tonight was maybe more of a reaction to uh, the way that the the Hornets defend, and and we should mention as well, Batum really struggled from from the field, which I think is also um, you know. Uh, an interesting thing to see because obviously if, if guys have to expend a ton of effort defending Giannis yep. and uh, the Bucks can hold them down on the other end. Cause I was worried that Batum was a guy that, you know, was going to get off for easy threes or, or open looks from three, given the Bucks had three sort of, you know, three, four combo uh, big men uh, on the court. And uh, that didn't really happen. So that was a positive, although obviously uh, Williams and, and kid Gilchrist ended up hurting them quite a bit uh, to compensate. Um, but Delhi, I thought looked fine. Uh, and Brogdon, I thought looked, I, I we're joking for the podcast. I feel like there's been a lot of positivity on Brogdon and I've, we've been a little bit like, well, have we always seen stuff worth being positive about? And I think tonight we saw a, a fair bit to be positive about uh, eight yeah. points, five rebounds, five assists, uh, no turnovers in 21 minutes uh, and was part of a group in the second half that I thought showed some really good energy and, and, you know, didn't bring the bucks back, but at least give that, gave them a shot uh, to get it under, you know, 10 points and actually feel like the fourth quarter was uh, somewhat competitive at times. Yeah. And I, I we were joking because both of us understand what people want to see in Malcolm Brogdon, but I think both of us were, on the fence about it at least that we weren't a hundred percent convinced that we heard okay he he doesn't turn the ball over and he's able to make plays and he's able to make assists and he's able to get to the rim sometimes and we all thought okay we get what people are trying to see but we didn't necessarily see it and i thought you're right tonight we saw it I, i was i was more convinced tonight that malcolm brogdon could play contribute be a rotation player than at any other point that he was a Milwaukee Buck. Would you say you feel the same? Yeah, the, the only thing we missed really was uh, was a three pointer, and, and unfortunately he had a, a really good look. I think it was in the fourth quarter when they were making a little bit of a run and had a good look at an open three uh, from the top of the key that that back ironed off uh, that you know could have really given the Bucks a bit more momentum. Um, but I think he was generally part of uh, the good things that were happening tonight, yeah. um, and. And that's obviously a positive. Uh, it was interesting. I mean, just transitioning a little bit, but it seemed like we saw a lot of Bucks um, talking on the court, not necessarily during action, but after plays. Uh, it seemed like there were a lot of moments where rotations were not correct or guys were not where uh, they expected each other to be. And it seemed like Delvadova and and Brogdon were both taking you know players aside and trying to figure out where guys were and why they were there and get here, go there. No, why were you doing this? And, um, it, it very much felt like, uh, this was a team that, that is still very much working through the kinks. 
uh, on on both ends really, and and there were definitely some breakdowns uh, defensively. I thought you know I thought one of those things that was interesting was it seemed like Charlotte, it seemed like they were able to dictate the terms of of pick and rolls um, for a large portion of the night in terms of. They were able to get, even when the Bucks sort of seemed to have them hemmed in a little bit, they were able to make that that pass that kind of carves open the defense. Um, they found guys, you know, at the nail, cutting to the cutting to the basket. Um, you know, Pibbert had a couple big dunks. Uh, Bucks also yeah. had a, a number of plays where they just didn't box out. Um, I mean, I think they gave up 11 offensive rebounds, which isn't like a heinous number, but the way that they gave them up, you know, guys just had had Bucks on their backs and you know really were uncontested completely boxed out uh the defensive rebounder that which whoever buck was was trying to you know uh rebound and you know just grabbed it and just goes up an easy dunk after a possession typically the bucks really needed that stop so um you know between kind of put back dunks and and open threes that that they hit especially marvin williams just seemed like uh they always had an answer for for whatever the bucks did and it felt like there were a few times where it was just the Bucks were trading, you know, long twos for threes, and it's just like, okay, this is this is not how you're going to come back in in a 20, in an NBA game in 2016. And there was a couple times where it was just brutal. You could see, particularly Greg and Giannis's body language, because those were the two guys that were doing a lot of the helping. So they would make the rotation, they would help out, they would contest a shot, and then on the backside. It, Mirza would miss a box out. Beasley would miss a box out. Jabari would miss a box out. And it, you could just see the look on both of their faces, on their bodies, their shoulders just come down a little bit. And you can just see them thinking, come on. Like, we did everything right. We needed one more rotation. We needed one more box out on the backside. And they just didn't have it tonight. And for the Bucks going forward, I don't necessarily know if it'll get a ton better because th- those guys there aren't necessarily the type of guys that have boxed out um, and are going to make the the right rotation. So, so that'll that'll definitely be interesting to watch. Yeah, let's talk a little bit um, about. So, we've obviously talked about the shooting guard spot, or really, I guess we can say the fifth starter spot, um, a lot <laughs> during the last month, ever, especially since the Chris Milton injury. I, uh, I would say we were obsessed with it before that. We were obsessed before it, but but now even more so. And uh, you know, with Tony Snell was in street clothes again tonight, which you know, kind of I think we assumed probably was going to happen. Uh, Bucks end up going with sort of the big uh, two through four spots. Toledovich is out there. Uh, Toledovich really struggled, and, you know, it's going to be tough for the Bucks to win when Toledovich makes zero three-pointers uh, just because I think offensively they just they just have so so few guys who can stretch the court. I got to um, say this before you go forward. Yeah. Did you hear boos when Mirza missed three, four, and five in the BC? Uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter, yes. So I hear some boos there. I'm obviously on Twitter during the game. I have my laptop with me on press row. And I see people complaining about Mirza in his threes. And I got to say this. You can't want the Bucks to shoot more threes and then be upset when they do shoot more threes. Like, Mirza Toledovic is a guy who shot more threes per minute than anyone in the league other than Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. He's going to get threes off. And you know what? Some nights he's going to miss some threes. So it it was just I struggled with seeing it on Twitter and people complaining about Mirza and thinking in my head this is what you wanted. I understand they're not going in and it's frustrating, <laughs> but that's what you wanted. 
And I didn't think Mirza took a bad one that entire night. Like, good three-point shooters probably get a little bit more leeway, but I didn't necessarily think there was a super terrible contested three. I know he took that one from, like, three feet behind the line, but it was in rhythm, it was in transition, and that's how he gets them sometimes. So, I don't know. It, it was just interesting to me to hear so much complaining about threes and the Bucks not getting enough, and then a guy taking threes that can hit threes and hearing complaining. It was a little interesting that he that they brought him back at all in, in the end because he was obviously had, had struggled with his jumper and you know defensively obviously it's not a great matchup um, for for the Charlotte team that, that we saw tonight um, so it was interesting I think uh, Jason Terry played well uh, looked pretty active and yeah you know he had a he got to the rim for for a layup at one point uh, he just who was it uh, oh it was Marco Bellinelli he got the ball in in, uh, in a one on one sort of transition opportunity and just blew by Bellinelli who just sort of. <laughs> you know, tried to rip at him and drew a foul and finished. I mean, it was like, wow, Jason Terry looking frisky for was, you know, 39 years old. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how many minutes he had been in. Um, I, I think a lot of people probably would have liked to see him stay in when Toledovich came in late in the fourth or kind of midway through the fourth. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Obviously Terry's, you know, not going to be able to play long stints. Um, but again, it's going to be interesting to see how kid handles a guy like Toledovich. Cause I think part of the advantage of having a guy Toledovich is look, if it's not his night, you know, it's not like some, nobody's going to be writing in the paper about how you didn't go back to Toledovich late in the game, um, when he was playing poorly. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like, it's not like Jabari or Giannis. Um, but let, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Jabari, uh, I mean, it's a little funny. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, Jabari, 13 points on 4-9 shooting, hit hit his only three-pointer, six rebounds, three assists, three turnovers, minus 12 in 30 minutes. Um, you know, a year ago, that would have been totally fine at this stage of the season because he's coming back from an injury. But he looked very tentative um, and just sort of got, I don't know, it just like a couple early turnovers, trying to make plays, so, gets a defensive sorry, uh, three, gets a couple fouls. I, gonna, I don't know. It just looked like he kind of like he, he just he wasn't in the game. Yeah, and it, it was funny after the game. We talked to him for a little bit and uh, asked him. Obviously, he wasn't in much of a mood to talk, but asked him a little bit about. I, I asked, "What was it like to have Kid run a pick and roll for you early on?" Because they ran. I think two of their first three possessions were pick and rolls for Jabari, and obviously we came into this thinking we're going to see a lot of Giannis running pick and rolls, and it, it kind of stood out to me and. I'm, I know for sure one was a turnover from Jabari, and I think the other one was too. So two turnovers in the first roughly two minutes of the game. And I asked him about that, and he, he mentioned that he thought in the pick and roll he was looking too much to create something. And he should have looked for his own shot first. And part of me started to think, okay, Jabari must be aware that the Bucks are looking for more playmakers. Uh, I, I mean, it's just obvious looking at the roster. And I would assume the Bucks are probably asking him to do a little bit more playmaking, and obviously two pick-and-rolls early in the game would suggest that uh, that exact kind of idea. And I do have to say, I, I wonder if how how he'll handle that idea, because at his, at his heart, and I guess deep down, he's a scorer. He's a dude that fills it up. So... If that's who he is, is it going to hurt him to try to do other things, try, to try to be a bit more of a playmaker? And I do you think you saw that kind of same thing, that he was thinking more about making plays than actually trying to score? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's worth 
I mean, I don't, I would hope he's not overthinking things too much. Um, you know, they, it was interesting. They tried to get him some post-up chances in the second half, especially they had Bellinelli on him a couple times, but even then when I think Kid Gilchrist was defending him, um, they were trying to post him up and, uh, uh, you know, and then he was working a little bit of two man game with uh, with Greg Monroe, actually sort of some high low action with Greg Monroe. Um, and, you know, he he was there were a couple of plays where he, they were clearly trying to get him looks and he ended up dishing it out to Monroe. And I think Monroe got a couple buckets that way. Um, so, you know, it's sort of those things. I mean, you just you don't want him to press one way or the other too much. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you know, I mean, when he's got the ball, he's got the ball in his hands to, to you know, get to the basket and 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 put up shots himself um and i think the hornets are you know hornets are a good team in terms of um limiting you know sort of passes that that are going to create dunks and, and easy buckets i mean Giannis, i think got lucky because he had at least i think a couple plays where he tried to feed dump the ball off and it got deflected and he ended up with it and, and ended up scoring himself um so i i think that's you know part of the issue is also just playing out against a good defensive team that just isn't yeah. going to let uh let you just get to the rim and dunk and um you know, Hibbert uh, certainly a couple times um, challenged shots of Jabari's. He had a, a huge block on Giannis uh, coming down the middle of the, the lane as well. So that obviously didn't didn't make things uh, much easier. But, you know, I mean, it's one game, whatever. I don't think, um, you know, I think we saw in the preseason Jabari's going to be aggressive. I, I yeah. think he'll, I'm sure, come out. And, you know, if he if he's averaging, you know, 14 points a game after, you know, a couple of weeks, then I think we can probably say what's, what's going on in Jabari's head. But No, I just wanted to um, ask to see if you thought you saw something like that. Because uh, after he said it, I tried to think back a little bit and think, was he being a little bit more tentative? And ultimately, I didn't really think so. But I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I think Jabari, once Jabari's like, you know, within 10 feet of the basket, he's in liftoff zone and and at that point he should be he should be just thinking about dunking it and and getting up for for a basket i mean it was weird he had a couple plays in transition where i mean you know jabari in transition you think that's money and he had a couple plays where he just flubbed it even in transition it was just like what's what's going on up there um so anyway we'll we'll see nothing to i don't freak out about with jabari um in terms of other guys, um, you know, just kind of looking at, at other guys, just giving quick impressions before we close out for the night. Um, I mean, Michael Beasley was what we've been sort of. Oh, you had to do it, Frank. I mean. You, you had to do it. <sighs> now, now, nope, I'm going. I'm going now. Now, all right. So, <laughs> fourth quarter, Bucks have cut it to, what they cut it to in the fourth quarter? Nine, I believe. There's 15 seconds left on the shot clock. Giannis is being covered by Marco Bellinelli. Someone who earlier in the game was blown by by Jason Terry. Jason Terry blew by him. Giannis calls for the ball. Michael Beasley, right wing, takes a look. Sees Giannis. Looks him off. Decides to look off Giannis being covered by Marco freaking Bellinelli. And then settles for a one-dribble pull-up jumper, clangs it off the rim, and if I was the coach, Michael Beasley wouldn't have played the rest of the game. And I don't know if he would have played the rest of the week. Because that is unacceptable. You don't look off Giannis. That is not a thing you get to do on this team, Michael Beasley. I am sorry. I know you like to get shots up, and that's great. You don't get to do that. You don't get to look off Giannis at any point during this season. And like I said... I know the Bucks don't have a ton of options. They got to play him, and and Kid obviously wants him to have confidence and try to score. Oh, but that made my blood boil. Uh, th- you you don't get to look off Giannis. I'm sorry. 
there there were I think uh, he had he took five shots. I think four of them were catch the ball at the three point arc, look around for a second, take one dribble, and go in and launch a twenty footer. That uh, he made one of those, missed three of them, um, and he also sort of had like a, a layup attempt in the, in the first half where he just looked like he got nonchalant and kind of tried to get cute with it and missed a layup as well. Uh, he did make, he did have one very nice defensive play in the second half that, uh, he picked off a pass, which looked like he was maybe freelancing <laughs> when he tried yeah. to pick off the pass and threw it ahead and, and Malcolm Brogdon, uh, got a dunk and broke the rim momentarily. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, if, if, if that guy is your, you know, bench weapon, that's going to be leading bench units to, to, you know, create shots. I mean, Good luck. Um, Seriously. But uh, I don't know. It will, it will be interesting to see. I mean, he played as a small forward, I think, pretty much all his men's tonight. Um, and it, I, well, I obviously have been pretty negative on on him the last few weeks watching him play. And uh, he's he's obviously talented, but I just, I don't know. He, he seems to, like, be too concerned with trying to look nonchalant and cool and whatever and playing, quote, unquote, his game. And his game, I just don't, I just don't see how it's really a, a very effective way to play basketball. Um, uh, so one other thing that got me fired up, uh, the Bucks to start the second quarter decided to roll out Malcolm Brogdon. Jason, their, their checking line, <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon, Jason Terry, Michael Beasley, Mirza Tletovich and John Henson. Not exactly a lineup. I love, um, also, Giannis plays all 12 minutes of the first quarter. Jabari came out. I know he had two fouls. Um, so maybe that's part of the reason why he's not a part of that unit to start so. the second quarter. I hope so. Because if that's not the reason, Jason Kidd has some explaining to do. Because that's that's brutal. Uh, that is a brutal, brutal lineup. And there, there's not a ton of results that could really happen with that lineup. Because uh, you're asking... Terry, Beasley, Brogdon, or Toledovich to create. And and I think during that time, Toledovich had like an alley-oop to Henson, and I, I think he might have got like a, another layup, which, shame on you, Hornets, for allowing that. Uh, but it it's just not a great look, and I, I really do hope that the reason was Jabari Parker's two fouls. Yeah, as you said, Parker played 12 minutes in the first half, and uh, I'm trying to think. He, I think he barely play i guess he barely played yeah in, the, in that second quarter didn't didn't start the quarter uh and that'll be interesting to see because i, I want to say i'm trying to remember i know we talked about those uh there were those graphics that somebody put together showing minute patterns for players mm-hmm. and i want to say was it middleton who always seemed to play the maybe it was that he always sat out the be- I, i'm trying to remember did he always play the beginning of second quarters or did he always sit i think he may have always sat out the beginning of second quarters and the beginning of fourth quarters. Um, but obviously when you only have two rather than three primary offensive weapons, staggering them becomes more challenging and yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see what the bucks do. I mean, I think, you know, they, when, when Monroe's going to be in the game, they're going to go to him a lot, obviously. And, and that's fine to me, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, he's obviously has, has some ability, especially if he's willing to kick it out and, and try to pass and set up shooters that, that obviously can, can work. Um, but it will be interesting to see how the Bucks do kind of figure out with staggering and who knows. I mean, with Kid, I mean, I think his his rotations are probably going to be all over the place for a while as he tries to sort out what the hell he's got to work with here. But um, in any case, any other 
guys you want to highlight or things you want to talk about for game one, or should we I think put I'm a okay. cap on it there? I, I okay. got the two things out that really got me fired up, and I'm feeling a little bit more calm now. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, hell, I flew from Texas to, to Wisconsin to watch this game. Um, and, you know, I mean, I knew there was a good chance they would lose because <laughs> they were playing a, a team I expect to be better than them. But uh, I, I don't know, a little disheartening that they didn't really – I don't know. I mean, kid questioned the said that the, you know Charlotte outworked them. Blah blah blah. I mean, coaches sometimes say that when you lose, but um, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like a terrible effort, but it just they just did not seem very well prepared at times. Defensively, they were kind of all over the place at times. You know, offensively, they couldn't get into their sets and and stuff, especially early. Uh, but yeah, but but Giannis Adekumbo reminding us doesn't matter if he's playing a good defense with multiple strong wing defenders and a big rim protector he's gonna get buckets and and he did that tonight and uh you know any chance the bucks had to to stay in this game you can you can start with Giannis, 31 points nine rebounds five assists 21 years old and yeah. if, you, if you if you told me that you know that would just be like oh yeah 31 nine and five um you know two years ago uh i would be <laughs> a very happy person so anyway we'll leave it there we'll be back on friday uh with uh, a conversation with jonathan charks of the ringer and i guess uh yeah we've got another game on saturday to look forward to and uh a chance at some uh some redemption before uh, a bunch of games in a pretty short period of time they've then got uh in detroit on sunday so uh, a couple big well big quote-unquote big weekend games it's early season so everything's big um but i guess you could say i don't know if, yeah, with as you know. weak as the schedule is early and as many home games as they have i'm okay with calling any of their first 10 games big okay there it is every every game is a must win yeah not really not really but we'll, we'll saturday <laughs> if, if you don't beat the nets at home in uh, on the first saturday like uh, of i your said calendar, then... i'm just saying uh, th- that seems like a must win to me okay let's let's hope that's a win anyway thanks so much for listening locked on bucks appreciate everybody's feedback uh shoot us a tweet at brew hooper at eric underscore name email us at brew at gmail.com we also have locked on bucks at gmail.com either one works for us and we will be back tomorrow with more on your milwaukee bucks enjoy and talk to you soon